Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. The coronavirus, COVID-19, is now spreading from person to person here in Australia. So what do we do now? Do we panic? Do we buy all the masks and medication? Do we stockpile groceries? How do we avoid it? What happens if we catch it? We have a lot of questions about coronavirus this week. So with a little help from our resident infectious disease expert, we're going to try and address them all. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. The COVID-19 novel coronavirus has gone from something happening far, far away with little chance of inconveniencing us to clearing supermarket shelves of toilet paper here in Australia as we panic about not being able to access basics as the virus starts to spread from person to person. Fun fact, most of the toilet paper we see on our shelves is sourced and made right here in Australia, so there really is no need to panic about it. As far as stockpiling goes, at no stage have any of the experts dealing with this virus here in Australia, including the World Health Organisation, Australia's Chief Medical Officer, our Health Minister or the Prime Minister, have said that we're at a stage that requires us to stockpile food. Whilst it's pretty clear that this disease is going to be with us for a while, the focus at the moment is containment and limitation. Whilst we have had some very small evidence of community transmission in a small part of Sydney, there is no evidence of widespread community transmission in the Australian community and we are trying to reassure people that removing lavatory paper from the shelves of supermarkets probably isn't a sensible thing to do. What has been said is that if you should contract the virus and need to quarantine yourself, then you should ensure you have enough of any regular medication you take should you be unable to leave home for a couple of weeks. So we asked you what questions you needed cleared up. Our resident infectious disease specialist, Dr Sanjaya Senananyaka, is going to answer your top 20 in 10 minutes today. OK, Doc, here we go. Question one. Do I need to wear a mask and will it actually protect me? There are two situations where a mask will help. In the hospital setting, if you're a healthcare worker seeing a person with coronavirus and you're wearing your personal protective equipment, it'll help. If we're having a wider outbreak in Australia and you're looking after someone at home with coronavirus, then wearing a mask will help. But generally wearing it in the wider community when you're going outside won't be that helpful as practising good hand hygiene. Is this coronavirus any more or less dangerous than, say, a standard flu season? And if it's less dangerous, then why do we feel so much panic with this one? 
So the differences between the standard flu season and this coronavirus, one, none of us are immune to this coronavirus. None of us have been exposed to it before. Whereas with flu, we've got varying degrees of immunity and we've got a flu vaccine. Also, the mortality rate or death rate from flu is about 0.1%. And even though the coronavirus doesn't seem to have a very high percentage of death, maybe about 1%, maybe a bit more, a bit less, it's still a lot more than flu. So those are the concerns that we have. How do you know if you have coronavirus? It's very hard to tell. There are some people, it looks like, a very small proportion who can be infected and not have symptoms. Others might have a very mild flu-like illness and others might be more severely ill and have a pneumonia. But we know the most common symptoms are fever and a cough. And then a variety of symptoms can follow that, such as muscle aches and pains, sore throat, even diarrhea. Who's most at risk of catching this coronavirus and how do we protect them? I think we're all at risk of catching coronavirus because none of us are immune to it. But in terms of those people who are most likely to get really sick from it, it looks like it's people over the age of 60 and people who have more health issues such as high blood pressure, obesity, diabetes. And it looks like men get worse cases than women. And that could be for two reasons. One, that men are more likely to have those underlying health conditions and women have stronger immune systems. So how do we protect those people who are more vulnerable? Is it a case of just staying out of nursing homes? What do we do? Yes. So actually have active surveillance if we have a widespread outbreak in Australia to focus on those areas with people at high risk, such as nursing homes, as you correctly mentioned, and keep communicating on a daily basis from the government to the people about those people who are at risk and what they need to look for and when they should seek medical attention. Social distancing, so closing large gatherings of people down will hopefully also help limit the spread of the virus. Now, I know you've already mentioned what the fatality rate for this coronavirus is at the minute, but if I'm a young, healthy person, to my own knowledge, what are my chances of actually dying from this coronavirus? Oh, extremely low. You have an 80% chance of just having a very mild flu-like illness that you'll get over without possibly even needing to see a doctor. How do you actually die from it? What's happening to those people who are passing away? It looks like a large proportion of them are getting a lot of inflammation in the lungs, what we call ARDS, a type of respiratory distress syndrome, and a smaller proportion are also getting failure of other organs, such as the kidneys. Can our health system, as it currently stands, handle a virus outbreak if it does get to pandemic level? Well, I think we actually are at pandemic level, although the World Health Organization hasn't called it that. And it will depend on how extensive the transmission is in Australia. It might be relatively limited or it might be very widespread. And you're right, there will be a tipping point for the public hospital system, which, as you know, is often close to capacity without a coronavirus present. But that is what the pandemic plan that the government revealed last week will be about, planning for contingencies in the event that we get more cases than can be accommodated in the hospitals, looking, I guess, for alternate sites, making sure that there's enough staffing for those sites, etc. 
Okay, say I get a fever and a cough and I'm concerned that it's coronavirus. Do I stay at home and isolate myself or do I immediately go to a doctor and potentially infect others? So if you get a fever and a cough, first of all, it could be due to so many things and it would be worth, if you're concerned that it's coronavirus, calling ahead to your local doctor. I would not advise you if you're unwell to go to the emergency department because the emergency departments have a lot of pressure on them. But certainly call ahead to your general practitioner and he or she will determine whether you need to be seen by them and whether you need to be tested. How do you actually treat it if you do have it? So unfortunately, there's no approved treatment to kill the virus. Certainly you can treat symptoms and if people are sick enough to go to hospital, there's supportive measures we can use in hospital. But there are some antiviral agents that are used for other viruses, such as HIV and also medicines against malaria that might have some activity against it. And there's an experimental antiviral agent that was developed for Ebola for which there are trials going on in the US and China to see if it works against COVID-19. How is it spreading at this stage? Is it similar to catching a cold or a flu? We're not 100% sure, but we think if it's like other coronaviruses, it spreads mainly by droplets. So particularly when people cough or sneeze, droplets of mucus containing virus particles drop about one metre in front of that person. And they can fall onto surfaces that people can touch with their hands and then they touch their face and they can get infected. Or, of course, if that infected person coughs or sneezes into their hand and someone else shakes their hand, then they can get infected that way. And, of course, you can also cough directly into someone's face, but you have to be fairly close for that to happen. How far are we away from a vaccine, we think? Many months. So potentially some people are saying six months, which seems optimistic, more realistically, 10 to 12 months. And when I say before we have a vaccine, I mean before we have a vaccine that can be safely distributed widely to populations around the world. What does it mean if the World Health Organization does declare it a pandemic? Does that change anything about the way we're handling it right now? No, I don't think it does. And particularly as Australia unfurled its pandemic plan last week and the UK has just done the same thing. So I think although the P word hasn't been used yet, a lot of nations are reacting as if it is. Can you get this coronavirus more than once? This particular one, we don't know yet because it's so early in the outbreak. We know from other coronaviruses that it's likely that we'll get at least short-term immunity from it. So if you've just had it, you're unlikely to get it again shortly. But whether in a year or two you might be susceptible again, that's yet to be seen. Can we pass it on to our pets? Don't know the answer to that one, but there has been a case in Hong Kong where a patient with COVID-19 had a dog and she wanted the dog tested because the dog was in the same living abode as she was and the dog tested positive. But we are not sure if the dog's actually infected or whether it's just been sniffing around and licking contaminated surfaces and it just picked up some dead virus. Now, you mentioned that we'll all be susceptible to it because none of us are immune to it. But we're reading often that children are are they actually still being infected and they're just not showing severe symptoms or are they not getting infected? Yeah, and that's a hard one to know. And I guess it's also a wonderful thing that kids don't seem to be getting very sick with it. So only about 2% of all the cases have been people under the age of 19, so children. And they don't seem to get very 
severe illnesses either. So they get really mild infection. So one possibility is that they are either having such a mild illness, they're not being picked up and not being detected, or they're even not having symptoms when they're infected. And once we have a good antibody test, which is another way of detecting an infection, that will give us a better idea of how many kids have been infected. What about women who are currently pregnant? What precautions can they take? And do we know if this infects unborn children? So the data is not quite clear on that, but there have been pregnant women who have had this so far. And to our knowledge, there doesn't seem to be a great problem with it compared to, say, influenza can be very dangerous. If we've travelled recently, should we be self-quarantining? Well, I would be looking at government websites about that. At the moment, the answer is no, except in certain situations, such as people who work in hospitals who've come back from high-risk countries. That may be the case, but at the moment, not necessarily, no. Just finally, how long do we see this going on for? Is there a projected end date to where either the whole globe will just have been infected or that it will eventually run itself out? Do we know? No, we don't actually. You know, it's, you know, it's that adage, how long is a piece of string? It really is hard to know and it will depend a lot on how different countries respond to the outbreak and their ways of trying to limit transmission. But certainly I think by the time a vaccine is developed, if there is an epidemic or pandemic still going on, that will definitely help stop the outbreak. There will be more questions as this virus continues to spread. There will also be more infections and more victims. But the one thing we can do to help right now is not panic, not point fingers and help each other through this. Because like all the other coronaviruses that have gone before, we will see the end of it eventually. And then there will be toilet paper for everyone. That's all for The Quickie today. For more episodes, head to mamamia.com.au forward slash The Quickie. Our executive producer is Melanie Tate with audio production by Ian Camilleri. If you want to shoot us some ideas for topics down the line, send us an email, thequickie at mamamia.com.au or hit us up on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter.